Is the new shooter feeling lucky? Welcome to episode 93 of the I've Heard of Both Ways podcast. Why do you do that? I don't know, because it's funny. Uh, all right, Vegas episode. Um, we have got some stories. Uh, it turns out I've been 11 times. Seriously? Yeah. That and I seems a, like a lot. I have a detailed account. Um I've been every year since I've turned 21 minus last year, which we found out today that last year doesn't count. Yeah, no, it goes 2019-2021. Yeah, like we were at Grandpa Pete's and he brought up like a pretty good point. He was like last year, and by last year I mean 2019 because nothing happened actually last year. Yeah. So once every year since I turned 21. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Okay, so the first trip I went with... uh, Matt Damon's younger brother, Pat Damon, and Jacob. I thought it was cousins. I don't know. Uh, Anyways. I thought they were brothers, but like, what do I know? Okay, fine. Um, So I already told the story about like the fucking flight there and flight back like out of Milwaukee. I think so, yeah. It was like $92 or something. Um, we decided when we booked the trip, like we didn't know like anything, like what to think. Um so he had a like a hookup for the Rio Hotel, which was like it was like thirty bucks a night or something. We're like, oh man, smoke deals deal. on wheels. And then we when we got there, I'm like, oh, it's so cheap because it's not on the strip. You have to take like a shuttle bus to get to the strip. Yeah, not great. So there's that. Um, before we left, we decided that we were going to wear suits one night there. Except, love love that enthusiasm. Oh, except. We the only rule was you could wear a suit, but you had to get it at a thrift store. Did you have to get it at a thrift store like previously to Vegas, or did you go to no we didn't. specifically to a Vegas thrift store because no. that would be kind of awesome. And Pat, then I would like to hear more about Vegas thrift stores. <laughs> Pat Damon and I went to a thrift store in Chicago that I remember because I got a suit that the waist was a size forty two. Love it. It, I could have fit two people in it, and it was baggy as hell. Oh, I like that. St- I like that style of suit. You know, so like the jacket came down like almost to my knees. Yeah, like you know, early '90s rapper dressed up like the baggy suit. It Love was it. like the 2013 NBA draft class photo, mm-hmm. where they're all in, like they're all super lanky, so the suits fit them fine, but they're all like super Ex- long. Yeah, extra baggy. Yeah. Um, I think I got it for like $10. Deals on wheels. There's a picture of me somewhere. I guess I could probably dig it up of me outside the sign at O'Shea's in this suit. And it's fucking absurd. Um, Jacob got a suit. He ended up, he got it from a thrift store, but it was a hundred dollars and it was called shark skin. And so like, it was one of those, like, you know, the chameleon paint job on a car when it changes colors oh, yeah. depending on what direction. That's fantastic. That's what kind of suit it was. Hmm. And also, he, also sounds like it kind of harkens to the NBA draft class suits. He brings it with him every time. That's amazing. <laughs> like I, my suit, like once I got home, I just like dumped it back at the thrift store. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, you basically rented a suit yeah, from sell, the thrift store. You guys can go sell it again for $10. I don't fucking need it anymore. Um, 
So his suit's fucking. I, we could probably find a picture of him in that suit too. See, um, like that. That seems like too much money to pay for a thrift store suit. A hundred dollars. Well, and I think that was his reasoning. He's like, all right, well, I'm gonna get one that's like ridiculous, but it's kind of good quality because I'm just gonna wear it all the time. Yeah. I, well, I like I like the thought there, but I mean, I have I have two suits yet yeah, two two suits that I bought for a hundred dollars each that are like. Nice suits that I wear to weddings. Yeah, but are they shark skin? And I guess depending on like who's getting married, he could wear this to a wedding. One one is like um it's like that electric blue one. Yeah. And then one is just like a navy blue and I uh I got in trouble at Min and Michael's wedding because my suit was quote too blue. Um that you <laughs> ended up my... not borrowing a suit for me, right? <coughs> Uh, correct. Okay, because I remember I couldn't find it, and I oh, was like... Oh, you gave it to me. I have it. It's here. Oh, it's still here? Yeah. Okay, good, because I'm going to need that before... You... Oh, you, you're moving, by the way. Uh... Yeah. 69th Parallel Studios has been sold. Yes, it's under contract. It hasn't been sold yet, but... Mm, for all intents and purposes, it's been sold. It literally has not been sold. Well... It's lit- it, by definition, is under contract to be sold to one person. Yeah. Sometime before the end of May. Correct. Um, oh, that might be, maybe we, this might be a two-parter, and maybe we won't have another episode after that for a little bit. I don't know. TBD. We have to figure that out. Yeah. Um, we might have to go on hiatus while the studio gets packed up and moved to its new location, which is TBD. Maybe I will. Maybe raise basement. We don't know. I'll post audio. Oh, we could record in my basement. That'd be fucking weird. There's like two lights down there. Mm. Um, I, depending on where I end up, I meant to ask you, would you be interested in my desk? <laughs> uh, that like giant fucking monster desk? No, thank you. It's which, a nice desk. Which, the Your one fucking L desk? Yeah, the L desk. Yeah, no, thank you. But I'm going to take these fucking chairs home with me. Those ones? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you don't have to sell them for money on Facebook Marketplace. You just give them to me for free. Yeah. Very exactly. nice. And I'll take my suit back, too. Exactly. Um, okay, because I thought we texted about it, and I was like, hey, um, do you remember that suit I gave you? Do you happen to still have it? Because I can't find it. No, we. I don't think we texted about it. Because although, although, to be fair, you might have texted about Mind it. Mind you, this is like, I probably texted you in like 2019. Like I kind of forgot it was up there because it's in the guest bedroom closet. And then I was like, it is a guest suit. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, in, ca- in case one of my guests came over and they needed a suit, there's one in there. There's <laughs> actually, were... there's two, there's, there's two options in there. You and just have to be our size or smaller. Yeah. And there's a, there's a code in there, you know, it's, it's a whole thing. Ready for any formal occasion. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I forgot it was in there until I was like cleaning stuff for, to, for showing my house, you know? And I was like, what suit is this? And I took it out and looked at the jacket, which it has your name in it. Oh, and I was like, and the pants. oh, I know whose suit this is now. <laughs> That's the best part about it is like if your name is etched into your suit, like you literally like you can misplace it. But if somebody finds it, they know who the, who's it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is Ray's suit. It what? has his name in it. That was a Groupon suit, by the way. It was a Groupon for like a custom. <laughs> yeah, suit I, and I remember and it, was, that. it was a good deal too. smoking deal. Um, it actually, it was such a good deal and such a good quality suit that I ended up buying more. Did you? Yeah. That's why all my suits are not, all of my clothes are shit and all of my suits are nice. 
Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those, like, if you set the bar real low with your regular clothes, when you have to dress up for something, people are, like, doubly impressed. Oh, absolutely. That's like, how I operate. I honestly, like, I don't get a lot of compliments ever, but whenever I'm in a suit, people always compliment on it. And I think it's because I set the bar, like, embarrassingly low with regular clothes that if I'm in anything, like, and I, tr- I tie a very nice half Windsor. Oh, absolutely. I, um... I was just at a wedding uh, last weekend, two weeks ago. I don't know. But um, the mother of the bride came over and told me that I was the best dressed person at the wedding. So Was it your sister's wedding and it was your mom? No, it was not. Okay. It was like two, we- it was like two weeks ago. It was one of my coworkers. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> have you ever had to tie a tie for somebody? I had to tie... I had to um, tie my bow tie, your but bow like a, tie. I, I, I can't tie a bow tie. I've never tied it. You've tied it for me, but I mean like a regular necktie. Um, I think, yeah, I think I, I definitely have, but I didn't do the, I didn't give him the old reach around. Okay. So I just threw it on my neck, tied it and loosened it and then gave it to, I them. had to tie it for a guy once. And he was like, here, and we were face to face and I was trying to tie it on him. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that that's impossible. Then I tried to do the reach around and I was like, all right, I, I can't see what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm just tying this on my neck and putting it on. Here. Yeah. That's the easiest way to do it. I, it's such an old man move to be able to tie it like the reach around. And then my mom used to have to tie ties for me and she must've learned how to do it facing me because that's how she always tied them. Mm-hmm. You got I, the dad I, move is over the shoulder, the mom move is face to face. I can't imagine that your mom is tying a lot of ties for herself. So. I don't think she's ever worn a tie herself. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, first trip suits. That was the <laughs> first time I learned to play craps. Which craps? Have you played? Oh yes. Craps is a, it looks like a very confusing game, but when someone explains the rules to you for five minutes, you pick it up in two seconds. And before we were like actually friends, Santa, AKA Father Cav, is the one who taught me craps. We met, he was there, and I texted him. I was like, hey, let's meet up, blah, blah, blah. And we went to the Monte Carlo, which is now the Park MGM. Um, the Carlo Memento. Yes. And that is where I learned to play craps for the first time. And it was the classic, like, $100 disappeared in five minutes. And I was like, oh, man, this is quite the game. Oh, yeah. Um, Were you with us when I was going to buy Mike B's pickup truck? I don't think so. And it ended up with, like, we went to, we went from Mike B's to some random bar and then we ended up at rivers and mike b was like oh my god and then you know like in the above the radio that like little tray thing in an f-150 yeah how it has the like removable rubber thing yes he pulls that up and there was a hundred dollar bill under there he's like this is my emergency funds then we lost that like immediately at the crafts table okay i think i was with you because it wasn't mike b's truck it was tj's truck was it TJ? It was TJ because TJ is the only person I know who's done that and kept a hundred dollar bill in oh, that right. specific spot. Yes, it was TJ's truck, but we met Mike B at a bar before we went to Rivers. If you didn't tell me that he pulled the hundred dollar the that uh, emergency spot, yeah, yeah, then I would. Yeah, you're right. It was TJ's truck. Yes. So yes, PJ, I was there. Is that when you learned to play craps? Uh, no, I learned to play craps. 
at the uh, Indian Casino in Michigan, the one that you went, you and I went to, some like random guy was like explained crafts to me for like five minutes. And then I was like, oh, I got this. Yeah. And then he continued to like lose $400. And then he had the best <laughs> comment ever. He goes, ah, it's not real money. They're just plastic chips. <laughs> As he like tossed another hundred in there. It's like, this guy rules. Um, I remember when we went to that casino, I remember a few things about it. One, that was my first experience with the casino where they had like the self-service pop machine. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the unlimited drinks. fountain drinks. Yeah. Um, and then I remember being way too intimidated to walk up to the craps table. Like I wanted to. And then I think I played a couple hands of blackjack and then some slots. Yeah, we were there one time. I think that was my first casino trip. Really? Being, being over 18. Really? Well, because you, you didn't have to be 21. No, you did not. You had to be That's 18. why I, yeah. I, was, I had to be 19 if you were a freshman. Yeah, yeah, that was my freshman year. Yeah. Um, we, freshman and sophomore year, we went, to, we went to the Ojibwa Casino a lot. One time we went and Joe was so like beyond blacked out drunk that he burned through like $180 in like two seconds. And then he went, to, he went to the ATM and he was so drunk he like couldn't figure out the ATM. <laughs> and so then I just went and grabbed him and I was like, yeah, uh, no, no, you can't go to the ATM. He's like, but I'm out of money. I was like, ATM's out of money yeah, too. Pretty, all... <laughs> pretty weird night, man. He's like, shoot, I wanted to gamble more. I was like, yeah, well, you know, it's not Things your day, happen. I guess. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I ever told him that. I'm sure he doesn't remember. Well, now it's on the record. Um, I'm pretty sure that had to be the only... Because I don't know where else I would have been able to gamble. I, I was 18 because you were... We're both the same age. So I was yeah. 18. Um, I don't know where else uh, you would have been... A, I would have been able to gamble at 18. Uh, I remember turning 21 and um, <clears throat> up at the Chano Lakes Casino, which that's not what it's called. Lando Lakes Casino. Oh, Maybe it is Chano Lakes Casino. Um, in northern Wisconsin? Yeah, um, by the plantation. But we've gone there a bunch. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that one is. It, I saw do, it. Do on, you have to be 21 to go to the riverboat? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Because I, I remember... In Indiana, you have to be 21, and in Aurora, you have to be 21. So that would make everywhere in Illinois 21. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I do remember seeing that Northern Wisconsin casino on. I was watching some documentary on HBO like years ago. Um, it was about this deaf school in Wisconsin, and the priest there like molested every single kid ever who went there. Um, and he was retired, but wasn't like being charged with anything until this came out and they had like video of him going in and out of this casino. Mm, nice. Yeah. So that's, so it's frequented by some really fact for you. A plus customers, huh? Yes. Okay. You've been to Vegas a couple times. I, yeah. You are familiar with all like <clears throat> the street hustlers. Oh yeah. The guys trying to get you to come to a club or to a strip club or to whatever. Um, so we were 21. It was our first time there and we knew nothing. And this guy's like, oh, hey, like, do you want to come to this club? Like, I'll give you guys a limo ride. We were like, it was me, Jacob, and Pat Damon. So I'm like, all right, well, like, this guy's not going to be able to rob us unless there are like 10 dudes in this limo. Like, we'll be okay. Um, so we get in the limo and... <laughs> 
the first sign should have been that the guy hustling was also the driver. Yeah, that's that's a sign that like nothing good is going on. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, it's and like, mm, this might not work out. So he's taking us down the strip, and we open the sunroof, and like first thing I did was stand up there, like every movie I've seen ever. Sure. And he's like, "No, you guys have to get down." And we're like, oh, "Okay, whatever." So we get down, then he starts driving again. We stand back up again. And he's like, "Guys, you can't do that. I'm gonna get a ticket." So we keep doing it until he. Well, at that point, we knew we didn't want to go wherever he was taking us, and so we just kept doing it until he pulled over and kicked. Out. Oh, nice. So we died. So you hustled the hustler. I guess. I mean, like, sort of. I, I had a good story. He killed like 30 minutes and took us back the direction away from where we were walking, but whatever. Yeah. You live and learn. Yeah. Um, and you got a free limo ride. Do you know what my budget, my gambling budget was for that trip? No. $300. And what's your gambling budget these days? More than that. <laughs> um, because that money was. Almost all gone the first night. And like, we're going to say the first like four hours. So in two days, we went to 21 casinos. Like, that was our goal was to like experience as many casinos as we could. And we didn't gamble at all of them, but we sure did gamble at a lot of them. Um, you really stretched out that 300 bucks, huh? So money was like getting tight on Friday night. And I was like, hey, there's this band, Steel Panther. Like, it was when. They had just released an album, the first album or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, they're playing in a casino. Like, we should take a cab there. And we took It's like a 25-minute drive from the Strip. It's called the Green Valley Ranch Casino. Um, we went there, and it was in, like, the club section of the casino where, like, <clears throat> there's, like, bottle service around and stuff. But, like, all of the booths were empty because there were only, like, 20 people at the show. Sure. Um so we kept getting in trouble for like sitting down in the empty booths, even though nobody was like serving. Oh anything. yeah. So they, but they were like, if you want to use the booth, you have to like buy a booth. Yeah. And we're like, okay, like at this, we were too young to understand like what they were trying to do. But like, yeah, but we, we didn't buy a bottle. So we stood the whole fucking show and there were 20 people there. Uh, great show though. If you've ever, have you ever seen steel Panther live? No. Uh, Cav, I got, free tickets or whatever one time and was trying to fill all of them and Cav came with us and he was like, I know nothing about it, but I hear they're good. Um, and he said it was like the funniest show he's ever, it's like a comedy rock concert. Yeah, I'm sure it's fantastic. He said it was like the funniest thing he's ever seen. And then when they came back in the next year, he was like, oh, I'm getting tickets myself. Don't worry about me. How's the watermelon LaCroix, by the way? Uh, it's called <clears throat> Pastique or something, parentheses watermelon. I enjoy it a lot. Hmm. I'm a fan. I, I don't I don't stray too much when it comes to the LaCroix. Well, I see you rocking the orange. I haven't had an orange in forever. The orange is an absolute classic. I might suck this baby down just to have another orange. Wow. Um, I have some Kroger brand lemon lime, too, if you're interested. Oh, God. I'm always, I always like trying the different knockoff brand lemon limes. Yeah, those are the ones that, uh, since Patch was here, he swears by those, so we got, <laughs> we got those ones. Wait, what brand is it? It's Kroger. Oh, I'm out. It's, yeah, it's They're from, on it's the from, list. It's yeah. from Mariano's. Yep, so. <clears throat> uh, okay, second day in Vegas. I woke up, I think I had like $30 left of gambling money. And like the biggest key to Vegas is like, 
you bring the cash. You don't take out any money there ever. Like when I go to Vegas, like I'll leave my debit card in the room and just take a credit card with me. Like I don't need to be taking out cash. That's like a pro tip. Um, but we were, yeah, so, that's a good move. So we were, Oh, I, I, I'll get into it later. I have a system. Um, he's got a system. Of course I do, but whatever. Uh, so we, the second day we wake up, none of us had cash. We all, we probably combined for $100 of gambling money and we walked <laughs> to some casino. I think it was like the Plaza casino or something. And the roulette minimums were $3. And so we were looking at this one table and our biggest fear was like, it was 10 AM and we didn't want to have no money by like, 10 30 a.m yeah um so we were watching this one table and like they would spin and three would hit they would spin again three would hit they would spin again like 30 would hit they would spin again 30 would hit the number kept hitting two times in a row so like i'm like all right i don't know how long this is going to keep up but like let's give it a shot so you see the number that just hit you put money down on it it hits that pays 35 to one great um then you have to guess on whatever next the next number is. Then you put it back on that number again. It, it hit four times in a row. And after each time, they changed the ball. And then after the second time, they changed the dealer. And it kept hitting. And the pit boss was like, uh, I, I guess it's happening. So whatever we like, we want to go happening. Things are happening. So eventually like it stopped happening and we just like gave up, but we had already each one, like a couple hundred bucks. I like, I had more than my budget to begin with. Yeah, back. You reloaded. Yeah. Um, and then as everybody was leaving the table, they ended up shutting down the table and like, we're taking apart the wheel to figure out what was going on. Oh, really? It yeah. got that bad? But it wasn't like nobody was winning a bunch of money, but they were like, hey, the odds of this happening are like impossible. So like we have to figure yeah, something. We was need fucked to see what's up. happening here. Yeah, something was fucked up. But like I was glad to finally be on the winning end of something. Yeah, I was in Vegas. It was just like sad that it was when I was using my lowest budget ever. Well, yeah, but then it, that took you to your highest budget ever. Um. I mean, technically, at the time, it was the highest budget I had ever. Exactly. Um, that was all. Oh, the second day, we also went to Old Vegas, which, like, if you want a fucking Vegas tip, go to Old Vegas at least once. And usually, I like to go the first day I'm there, like, during the day before it gets, like, very gross at night. <laughs> um, but, like, Old Vegas is probably my favorite part about Vegas. And, like... The minimums are lower. The people are more... Also lower. Yeah, oh, lower for sure. But they're more... They're upbeat about life, and you would expect them not to be. I think because they're just like on vacation doing all of their vices at once. Yeah. Gambling, smoking, drinking. It's Everything. all encouraged. Yeah, like it's one of those things where like that's... it. If DOS was a big-time gambler, he would be someone you see in Old Vegas. Yeah, DOS, when we went there for your bachelor party, DOS, like, really just slid right into Old Vegas. It's literally, it's, it's like his playground. Yeah, it was good. I remember when we were leaving Old Vegas, DOS being, like, it was the, when I, I went, oh, did I tell you I went with just the O'Shea's? No. Um, so DOS, like, almost refused to leave Old Vegas. <laughs> we went there, we got there at, like, noon, and then it was, like, 6 o'clock. I'm like, all right, look, let's go back to the room and shower and stuff before we, like, go somewhere to eat. DOS was, like, absolutely not. He was fucking hammered. And we ended up, like, 
fighting with him and ended up eating at a buffet in Old Vegas. <laughs> that was like the, How was that? That was like the lowest meal I've had. That's pretty grim. Oh, and the best part was is it wasn't even like a $3 buffet. It was still like 25 bucks, which is like half the price of the strip buffet for dinner, but like it was not worth 25 bucks. No, you didn't even get your money's worth. I mean, maybe in bread, but <laughs> Well, I was just trying to like eat stuff that I knew wasn't because everything that they were serving at this buffet was definitely dicey, was going to upset your stomach regardless of whatever intestinal problems you have. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter. No, no one person can handle the old Vegas buffet without almost shitting their pants. You couldn't eat. Okay, so they had like little shrimp cocktails and I was like, I think I just have to have one just to like. Oh, God. So I ate. There were five shrimp. I ate one of them and I was like, okay, this is fucking disgusting and just like left it on the table. But they never like took that away. They would take away the other plates, but like never took that. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you you still work on this? You're going to finish these shrimp that have been sitting on this table for an hour and who knows how long in the little chiller oh oh god you're a big experience guy and like that was an experience yeah but even still like shrimp cocktail from a 20 dollar buffet in old vegas is the biggest the biggest gamble you're gonna do on a vegas trip (laughs) all right so The second trip, we stayed at Bally's, which it was before they remodeled Bally's. So Bally's was a dump, but it was like, it was cheap. And we were putting four guys in a room. So like, it didn't fucking matter. Um, There were eight of us on this trip. So that was our biggest trip. Um, I remember texting everybody. I was like, hey, we're going. Steel Panther plays on Friday. That's non-negotiable. So I'll go by myself if I have to, but like that's where I'll be, and I promise you, you'll all enjoy it. So whatever. Everyone had a good time. Um, Saturday. So we were, you know, like you're out Friday night, all night, whatever. You wake up, and then like everybody keeps drinking um, in the morning. Except, okay, so we were 22, and. This is like when you could still sleep in until like noon if nobody woke you up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you sleep in a room of four people and you're probably up by like eight or nine just because like there's a lot of movement and stuff. Um, I remember waking up at like nine thirty, texting everybody to see like in the other room who was up. And lawyer Nick was up at seven in the morning and had already gotten. He's like, oh, there's a Starbucks downstairs if anybody wants it. I've been here since seven a.m. <laughs> What? Wow. Yeah, that was the first, like, some people are further along than you on the grown-up train. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But so... But now, like, 7 a.m.? That's sleeping in for me. I was going to say, same thing. Like, I don't think I've seen 8 o'clock unless I was, like, deathly sick. (laughs) Um, So everyone starts, like, drinking Saturday morning, whatever. Um Our Pennsylvania listener, he got a call from his dad at 3 p.m. And he like stepped away from the table and was talking and I could hear him on the phone. And he was like, no, no, I'm not drinking that much. I'm not drinking that much. Um, He was doing all of those things a Hmm. lot. Um, But he then I hear him say, like, I can't believe you're up right now. And I was like, well, that's weird because like it's only like six o'clock by him. Like it's. 6 p.m. It's not a big deal. Um, And he's like harping on it. And he's like, no, dad, it's three in the morning. What are you doing awake? And I just like I'm I'm walking over to him to try and like 
intercept what's going on and he's like i hear like on the phone no it's 3 p.m you idiots <laughs> and i was like oh don't worry mr pennsylvania listener like we got him we're here like it's gonna be okay it's all gonna be oh so he had the uh old a.m p.m yes flipped around well and honestly like in hindsight we all thought it was ridiculous at the time and like it was funny ha 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 but like we were in the casino and those places are built to keep you from knowing what What time time of day it is and like what the actual time is so yeah it's not all his fault so it's true Um, it's it's disorienting but uh we got the first place I ever got hot playing craps was Wild Bill's Gambling Hall. Um, I hit a fire bet there, and that place, like, it was such a fucking dive, and it was right on the strip. Like, it was, like, right at Bally's. And that was, that was my first experience where, like, half of your group is with you gambling, winning money, and the other half is doing something else, not winning money. And not that they're losing money, but, like, when you come in and you're like, hey, man, I just won, like, $700, and they're like... Uh, we've been gambling on beer pong at O'Shea's and we won 20 bucks. Yeah. So that's always one of those where like... I know where I'd be. (laughs) So apparently in Vegas... Following a guy in a Hawaiian shirt who looked cool, not involved (laughs) with either one of those things. But you also know that like you're not going to win any money gambling, but you're also not going to lose any money gambling. Like it's like my brother, like he, he doesn't gamble, so he doesn't have to worry about winning or losing money. Yeah. You I just mean, like maintain whatever you spend. Yeah, it's pretty much just, you know, paying for alcoholic beverages and weird food options. And even then, if you hang around tables in Vegas, like you can kind of snake a free drink. Oh, like, that's my absolute go to when there's a especially craps because there's only ever one person rolling dice. Yeah. And so if your friends are playing craps and you're standing at the table, like talking with them, and there's it's not crowded, so they're not going to be like, "Sir, you need to step away if you're not uh, gambling." Yeah. And then when they come by, um, they just take your drink order too. You're like, eh, so yeah, like, okay. The servers know that you're not gambling, but as long as you make it look like you're gambling, they can play dumb. Yeah. So like, and you just tip them after. Yeah. You just, and do you just throw them throw them some cash. The drink keeps coming. Yeah. Like, that's how it goes. Yep, it's great. Uh, it's also nice, too, when you're next to me, because I'll just get, like, a Red Bull or something. Um, but I'll be like, oh, can I get a beer, too? And then there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, we definitely did that on your bachelor party where we were like, I forgot what it was like. It was the the one night where everyone kind of, like, split up and everyone went to all the different casinos. And you were, like, at the craps table. And I think I texted you. I was like, Next time they come by, just order a couple beers for me. Thanks. So I'll basically like the one constant. I'll be there in a few. On all the trips I've been on is if um, I'm gambling with someone who doesn't gamble, I'm like, just stick. Tell me what you want. And when they come by, I'll just grab it for you. And if everybody's gambling, then I'm like, who wants an extra one? Because I'll just get it. Because they'll give you a non-alcoholic and an alcoholic drink, but they can't give you two alcoholic drinks at once. Yeah. That. That's a pro tip. Um, a lot of pro tips this episode. Can't gamble on beer pong in Las Vegas. It is illegal. Really? But everybody there wants to gamble on it, so you just have to like 
you have to do gentlemen's wagers where like you don't have money on the table it's in your pocket and then you exchange exchange after, and like after the game the they're like their bike police like actually monitor O'Shea's or at least the old O'Shea's they used to um, but I think I don't think that was to like catch people gambling because I don't think the cops give a shit um, they just are there because fights break out people yeah. gambling on beer well O'Shea's, O'Shea's was O'Shea's was awesome Dude. old O'Shea's and the best part was, like, they didn't really give a shit. Because you could go to the bar and be like, hey, can I get a pitcher for beer pong? And it's not like they'd check, and then you could just get, like, a $5 pitcher yeah. and just drink, drink that. It. They don't care. Again, they don't. as long as you're tipping, they don't care. Yeah. So that's one of those other things. We're like, just... If you want anything in Vegas, like cash plays. Yeah. So just you take gotta, care of that. Yeah, you got to grease the palms. Oh, I better put that in with the O'Shea's. Um, what? Betting on O'Shea's craps. Oh. Because that was an issue where I had to grease some wheels. Mm. Um, so some of us were flush with cash, and we were trying to spend it very poorly so we decided to go to one of vegas's fine gentlemen's establishments sure sure uh and we ran into joey fatone whoa which is there's i've also been to a strip club before and i ran into alan iverson but we didn't have like an actual conversation where joey fatone talked to all of us Interesting. And we told him it was uh, our listener in Canada's bachelor party. Whatever, just because. He was like, why are you guys here? And we thought saying going to Vegas. Here's how stupid we were. We thought saying going to Vegas with a group of buddies was dumb. Yeah. So you had to say it was like a bachelor. Yeah, we needed a reason. You you weren't just like, we like being degenerates, so we came to Vegas. So he was like, oh, man. He was like, that's so cool. He was like, I think he said he's been divorced. (laughs) Um, But he's like, let me buy you a lap dance. And we're all like, no, we're going to buy you a lap dance. (laughs) And he was just like, okay. And that was that. Um <clears throat> and never, that's why he's my favorite in sync member. I've never seen any famous people at a strip club. I generally try to avoid strip clubs because they're super depressing. But I did play flip cup with Blake Griffin. So there's that. How tall was he in person? A lot to vary. So the first trip in Vegas, I don't even know why this wasn't on here. It doesn't matter. We ran into Chuck Liddell. UFC fighter, the Iceman uh, cameo star of Am- uh, Entourage. Uh, yes, Chuck Liddell, the Iceman. Like he one is, of the I big. Just, I just googled it. He's six foot nine. Look up how tall Chuck Liddell is, because I don't know if like he just has like monster broad shoulders or whatever. But He's six two. Because he felt enormous, and maybe it was just like his attitude. He wasn't like being a dick or anything. He was he was just standing there waiting alone. Like, just standing there not doing anything. And, like, he was so intimidating, none of us, like, went to go talk to him. Um, that's funny because my first time in Vegas, I think we saw uh, Andre Arlovsky. Is he another fighter? He's a UFC fighter yeah. as well. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's also a Chicago guy. But, um, well, he trains in Chicago. He's obviously not from – he's from, like, Belarus or something. Uh, when I was working at the bar, I ran into Clay Guida. Guida. Clay Guida? Yeah, all the time. He used to come in there all the time. 
And he was one of those, like, I had known who he was because somebody pointed him out the first time. And then he kept coming in. We were just, like, letting him in the front. Um, and someone was like, why does that guy get to get in while there's a line out here? And somebody behind him was like, oh, that's Clay Guida. He's like, Guida, whatever. He's like, he'll kick your ass if he knows he said that. And he was like, who is that guy? And then he, like, went into all these UFC stats. And the guy was like, Okay, I guess we should probably let him in then. Yeah. But he's not that he's not an intimidating guy. He's like five six. He, yeah, he's unassuming. He's looking. very small, but like I've seen him fight afterwards and he's terrifying. Nice guy though. Nice guy. So yeah, he's he's five seven, hundred and fifty six pounds. Yeah, he like I said, like in person, he does not look intimidating at all. And he kind he kinda Except looks for like sweet hair. Yeah, he looks like a surfer hippie. <clears throat> yeah. Um, like he would have been in Bodie's crew in Point Break. He would have fit right in. Oh, um, I think we also saw Frank Mir. Um, another any, UFC guy. Yeah, another UFC guy. Um, so my uh, first Vegas trip, uh, I will say couldn't find which hotel room was mine. <laughs> um, and so I just like... Uh, as as you know, I'm I'm a big fan of wandering. And, You're a wanderer. Yeah, and so I was like, well, I guess I'm I'm uh, going on an adventure, and uh, and so I just started like wandering around, and I I took a couple couple wrong turns because I ended up like I was in the I was in like the load I ended up in the loading docks for like. <laughs> Um, was it like behind the flamingo and stuff? No, it was like the it was like the loading docks for like um, the the Mirage, I think. Okay. And then I just like I was like, oh, well, I need to probably not be here. <laughs> and so then I like kept wandering around, and I ended up at this casino called Battle Poker. Oh yeah, and I, I remember you texting me. Yeah, and so like, and I couldn't. I I've. I have like, and you've been to Vegas multiple. Have you ever seen that casino? No, I. So I think where you're describing is where the link is now. Like it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, so then like, like Peter and Mikey and Chase like finally realized like where the fuck is PJ? It was like four thirty <laughs> in the morning, and. They were texting me, and they're like, where are you? And my only response would be, battle poker. And then Mikey called me. He's like, where, where are you? I was like, I'm at battle poker. And he's like, where is that? And I was like, I, I'm at battle poker. I, I like, and, so, and then it got like, at first, I just was like, because I, I like, didn't know what they were doing. I didn't, and same thing. You know, I didn't realize it was 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. And so they were like, where are you? And I was like, battle poker. And then Mikey called me. He's like, where the fuck are you? Like, what is happening? And so then I was like, oh, Mike's rattled. I'm going to double down and just not tell him what's going on. And so I, I'm like, that's the worst when you do that, by the way. I'm like, like battle poker. <laughs> and so then Mikey was like super rattled. He texted Craven and Craven called me and he's like, where are you? I was like, I don't know. Some casino called battle poker. He's like, Mike just called me like losing it. And I was like, yeah, about that. He's like, so you're not like everything's fine. I was like, oh yeah, we're all good. He's like, he just started dying <laughs> laughing. He's like, all right, bye. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. And I think I've told you this like before years ago when you brought it up that that casino is not, it's not called battle poker. Um, I think it's, uh, 
like the queen something or plaza something whatever it's where the link is now but all of the signs they have there are like the signs of the games they have and they're like bigger than the name of the casino yeah i think that was it because i just remember like walking in the doors and like right above me there was a giant sign that just said battle yeah and like i understand your confusion because the the name of the games on their signs are bigger than the name of the casino yeah because they also advertise like two dollar blackjack and stuff yeah that's also probably what drew me in (laughs) well that's when i was was grambling below minimums yeah bottom of the barrel table minimums you have my attention. So um, after we hung out with Joy Fatone, um, which, by the way, I've told people that like I'm best friends with Joy Fatone like ever since that happened, <laughs> and I will tell everybody that story who will ever listen. Yeah, I bought um, him. I bought him a lap dance. It's no big just, deal. It's the whole thing of the story. Like the whole one piece alone does not make the story, but all of it together makes the Joy Fatone story. Yeah. Um, but after like we were leaving, Pat Damon. Pat Damon gets drunk and he has a short fuse, but not that he's going to like fight someone, but that he's going to look like he's going to fight someone, which will send somebody else over the edge. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't go to fight somebody, but like they see him and are like, oh shit, this guy's coming to fight me, me, but he's just like trying to keep it together. So we were leaving and we so there were a bunch of us together one of them got a cab first and there were some other guys like waiting for one or something and like they were pissed that we took it and they said something to pat damon and he like turned and like he was too drunk to like know what was going on but whatever so he goes to get back in the cab and he like cracked his head on the cab (laughs) and he got out and was like fuming and i knew like he was about to take a step towards these guys and i just shoved him in the cab and i was like fucking go we're going to bally's so we get to bally's to go back to our room or whatever and when you're with a group of like big people like you guys can't all travel together at the same time so like people go to different casinos whatever our Pennsylvania listener was somewhere else. He called us. He was like, what's the name of the hotel? I tell him it's Bally's. He's like, okay, get in a cab now. I was like, okay, cool. Um, we get a call like five minutes later, and he was like, I'm in front of the hotel. The cabbie won't let me out. And I was like, how did you get here in five minutes? Like, <laughs> you had to take a cab, so like it had to be a 10-minute ride. Um, he was like, no, he won't let me out. You have to come down. So, like, me, Stu, and Detective Milos go down there to figure out what's going on. And he was at the wrong casino? Oh, no. He was at Bally's. He was waiting there. The guy locked him in. Like, total, everything was true. Um, he took the cab from the Bellagio to Bally's, which is across the street. <laughs> it is directly across the street. Not at an angle, not anything. It is right across the fucking street. The cab was like $11 because the meter was still running. And he was like, this guy wants me to pay $11 for this cab ride. I was like, I mean, it's like $3 just to fucking get in the cab. Mm -hmm. So you've been sitting here the whole time because you didn't want to pay him the $5 or whatever. So give him the fucking money. Let's go. Yeah. Um, One of my unrelated, but one of the best and I wasn't even involved. I just heard the story afterwards. One of the best drunk Pat Damon stories was my brother seeing him on St. Patrick's Day. And he, they, they were like, he walked into the bathroom and Pat Damon was like blacked out <laughs> and he was pissing in the sink. 
staring at himself in the mirror and giggling. And then Peter was like, Pat Damon, what the hell are you doing? He goes, have you ever watched yourself pee in a mirror before? (laughs) Um, I don't know if you remember when Grandpa Pete and I lived together, our apartment on Eddie. Were you ever there? So the ba- over, like, if you're facing the toilet to pee in it, there was, a, like, the mirror took up the entire wall. And I had lived there for, like, six months at this time when Scooter Bird came, and he went to the bathroom and came out, and he was like, you know what's pretty cool? I was like, what? And he was like, in your bathroom. And I was like, what? There's nothing cool about anything in our bathroom. And he was like, no. He was like, you get to watch yourself pee. I'm like, I, I've lived here for six months, have taken how many pisses here, and I've never thought of that. <laughs> Some people just think on a different level. Yeah. It's operating on a different plane. Um, there was a time that Pat Damon was spotted around the city of Chicago, blacked out at bars by like multiple people who were friends with me, but knew him, like had met him a couple times. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, hey, I I know you. Yeah. And he had zero recollection of it. Classic. Classic Pat Damon. Hey, so you said it was St. Paddy's Day he ran into him? Yeah. There was a St. Paddy's Day story with Pat Damon where he got separated. His phone died. He didn't know how to get back to Detective Milos's apartment. Um, and so he took a cab. Stuff looked familiar. And instead of being like, hey take a right here and let's see if it's the right place. Like he's like, let me out here, (laughs) let him out here. And he started walking and things suddenly got like unfamiliar. And he was like, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't know where I'm going. Like I need to lay down and take a nap first. And so he was wearing a green shirt. And so he figured the best way to blend in would be to lay down in green grass because nobody would be able to see him sleeping. God. That's eventually, unbelievable. Eventually, he found his way back. He wasn't that far either, but um, that's... So he was close. That's the kind of... His brain was working. Like, he, he was right. He was close, but he gave up too early, maybe. Say that. Yeah. Um, so, next, the third trip, Jacob and I went because we were jonesing after. Like, nobody wanted... That whole crew who went, I don't think any of them went again until my bachelor party. I could be wrong, but I don't think... They, this, they didn't no, go with you? Detective Milos had gone again, but I don't think the rest of them had been to Vegas again since my bachelor party. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive that's what it is. It's just Detective Milos. Um, who would text me if I didn't mention that right now? That's why I mentioned it <laughs> twice, bless you, in case you Thank missed you. it. Um we stayed at Planet Hollywood because at this point I wanted to like explore different hotels and everything. Cause like I thought like the Rio is not a hotel. I want to stay at again. Bally's before it got remodeled was not a hotel. I wanted to stay at again. So we gave Planet Hollywood a shot and we stay. Okay. I guess all of their rooms are themed and they have like memorabilia in all of them. We by chance got the true lies room. Which is fantastic. I walked in and I was like, this place is incredible. And he was like, what? I'm like, all of their decor in the hotel is true lies. And he was like, no, idiot. Like, every room is different. Like, I'm sure some there are some doubles. He was like, but yeah, there aren't. All of the hotels are not true lies themed. That would be unbelievable. But that was um, the first place I ever ran into Casino War. Wow. Yeah, which I thought only existed in the Vegas in Vegas the movie. Vacation. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I've never won at Casino War. It is like I'm painstakingly bad at it. It's one of those, like, not that you have any skill, but, like, I don't think I've ever won. Well. I remember someone in Milwaukee um, didn't know how to play any other games, so they just played Casino War while I was playing craps and won, like, $600. Playing War. Playing War. Casino War. <laughs> Did you war. also play Guess the Number? That's what I was like. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, no, I'm just really good at war. I'm like, nobody's good at war. Like, yeah, like what? It's, the dealer just deals. All you do, all you, literally, all you do is just put your money down. The dealer draws, and then he takes your money away or doubles your money. That's yeah. it. They're literally, that's, that's you it. all you have to do is just keep moving your money. They don't ask you any questions, except when it's war, you have to bet again. Yeah, unbelievable, incredible. Got to be, um, got to be good at it. You know, we met some people there, and they were going to Marquee, which is a club in the Cosmo, and like neither of us wanted to go at all, but we were just like humoring them. Um, so Jacob's like, "How are we going to get out of this?" I'm like, oh, "I'll tell you. Look down at my feet." He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I'm wearing gym shoes, and I'm going to act like." it's okay to wear gym shoes there because these people aren't going to know that like it's a problem. Um, so sure enough, like we get there and they're like, all right, it's like, it was like 50 bucks a person to get in or whatever, but they're like, Oh, but you have to change your shoes. Like you can't wear gym shoes in there. Um, and I was like, Oh, well, it's the only pair of shoes I have. So I guess we're not coming in. We'll see well, you later. See you later. I mean, now you know you could have just went I, around back and put your black socks over your shoes and slid right in. What a ridiculous story that a member of the Geneva Men's Club was out in England wearing white gym shoes to get into a club. They said he couldn't, so him and his buddy go behind the club, put their black socks over their white shoes, and go in, and no one's the wiser. Yeah, no one's the wiser. Yeah, socks. Socks over white shoes, totally fine. Just an incredible move. Yeah. Um, so we, that that was like Saturday night, whatever. Um, or maybe it was Friday night because we took it easy the next day because we get back at the casino at like 4 a.m. and the, the craps table was like only half full. I'm like, let's hop on for a little bit, you know, like see what's going on. And Jacob starts rolling and gets like really fucking hot, but he was also like really fucking hammered. And he kept throwing like, you know, all the bets in the middle of the table. Yeah. So he kept throwing the dice and the first time he did it on accident and he hit the chips in the middle and the dudes on the other side of the table were like livid with him, not because he, he hit the chips, but because they were like their chips. And it was, mind you, it was a group of four guys. They were the only guys on that side of the table and it was Jacob and I on this side of the table and they were arguing with each other over who had how much on what bets. Oh, they were fighting amongst friends and mad at Jacob for hitting the chips. So they sort everything out, whatever. He gets the dice back, keeps rolling. He rolls once, fine, gets the dice back and hits the chips again. Same thing happens. Like the table stops for like five minutes while they're sorting the shit out again. Gets the dice back, hits the chips again a third time. And the dealer's like, hey, you need to not hit the center chips. And so I turn to Jacob and he's like, he's pretty fucking hammered because he got one of those tall drinks, you know, like. The one they where they give you a neck. lanyard? Yeah. Um, except it was like $18, and the guy's like, what do you want? And the guy was like, or he, Jacob's like, how much tequila can you put in there? And he was like, 
um, I can put almost all tequila. And he oh. was like, all right, well, I'll take a tequila and a splash of Coke. And he just put down like 30 bucks. And the guy was like, uh, okay. okay, all tequila. Fine. It was literally a splash of Coke to where Jacob was doing that all night. And at the tables, he just kept getting Coke and, and would dumping it, it in. in. Yeah, it was disgusting. That's so grim. It was one of like the grossest things I've ever seen someone like voluntarily do in Vegas. <laughs> that was before I had my shrimp cocktail, but whatever. Um, so I turned to Jacob and I'm like looking at him. I was like, hey, don't hit the chips on purpose. And he was like, but I want to do it because it's funny. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. I get that vibe. Oh, I'm like, as long as you're in on it, then I'm down. I'm like, these guys are going to want to fight us, but that's fine with me. So next throw hits the fucking dice. And the dealer's like, after that, he's like, hey, if you don't hit the back wall, like on the bounce, like not hitting any chips, he's like, we're just going to skip to the next shooter. And he's like, ugh. <laughs> He ended up rolling for like another hour. We won like eight hundred dollars, <laughs> um, and then like we were like fucking hot shots. And I'm like, oh, let's get fucking room service. And so we get up to the room and we look at the room service menu. We didn't know that like I wasn't like tuned into Vegas being expensive at the time yet. But when I looked up like the room service menu and like the cheapest thing was like the breakfast option for fifty dollars. So we ordered that and it was like five in the morning. Um, it didn't show up to like six a.m. <laughs> It was like the worst meal I've ever had. I'm sitting on a stack of cash and I'm waiting an hour for fucking like two eggs, bacon, hash browns, and toast to come up. Oh, and that cost 50 bucks? I, it, I'm telling you, there wasn't much more to the sides for that. It was probably like $45 and then we ended, it was probably like closer to $60 because we ended up tipping Tipping, yeah. yeah. Each. Um after that, went to the Titanic exhibit, which I think is still there, which is like actually fucking cool. But it was between the Titanic exhibit and Body World. Did you ever go to Body World? No. I've never been, and like I've always wanted to go. Maybe next time in Vegas. Why? Because they show like the skinless bodies and everything. Like I think that would be a pretty cool thing to see. Okay. And they show like this is someone who smoked their whole life. This is someone who smoked for 10 years. Like they show you everything in them. Like it's pretty cool. But I've never seen it firsthand, so what the fuck do I know? Um, next trip. Intriguing. Circus Circus. Ooh. Which I, Detective Milos told, I was asking for Vegas stories, and he was like, well, you guys already talked about Vegas with Cav a bunch. And I'm like, all right, well, like, I'll listen back to the episode, so I try not to double dip too much. Um, so I remembered some things that we left out. When we got there, like, go to the lobby, um, she tells us, she was like, okay, um, I have you guys down for one room, two beds in the manor. And I was like, um, sweet. What's Sounds the cool. manor? And she was like, this is the tower. And you could see, like, the tower that's connected to the casino. And then she just pointed to the parking lot. And she was like, that's the manor. And, like, if you look way in the distance behind all the fucking parked cars, you see, like, these two little buildings that look like Motel 6s. That was the fucking manor. Um, yeah, that was the one where you had to walk across the parking lot to mm -hmm. get to your rooms, right? Yeah, and I forgot on this trip that we had run into um, Onion Boy was there, Steve Halla, and some other friends. Um, 
we all decided to do a group dinner together at Craft Steak at the MGM, which is a fantastic restaurant, by the way, if you ever go. Um, but they do a thing where if you have more than four people, you can do like the pay $60 per person or whatever, and we'll give you everything on the menu and double up whatever, like depending on how many people you have, you know? Hmm. It's a pretty good, it's a, it's a good deal for what yeah, you're getting. Yeah, that's pretty good. Because um, I've done that a couple times at various restaurants there, and I've always left like, completely stuffed and there's a ton of food left on the table. Like yeah, you get your good. money's worth. Um, but onion boy didn't want to pay for that. Cause he didn't think that he was going to get his money's worth. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, I'm like, this is a pretty nice fucking restaurant. And like, if they bring every appetizer, every entree, every dessert, and they were They were going to bring a couple extra of each because we had eight people. Um, He's like, oh, uh, no, I, I, I'm a vegetarian, so like, I don't want to de- do the deal with these guys. Just hoping that the server would be like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, you can just watch them eat, but it's fucking Vegas, and like, they're on to everything. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, don't worry, I got something for you. He's like, it'll be thirty bucks, and he just walked away. Came back, his meal was like buttered Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> they sat it like he sat it down and just all of us like looked and nobody said a word it was just one of those i'm like oh man and then obviously he ate he's like oh, it's not that bad i was like yeah because they're like covered in fucking butter um well my biggest winning to that date or whatever was at the mirage at the craps table with um what are you doing what uh, I accidentally highlighted oh. stuff. I just, I was scroll. I was trying to scroll down. I thought you were trying to give me a signal. No. Um, the the dealer there had a Fu Manchu. Like he he looked. I I gotta find a picture of like the bad guy I'm thinking of. But he had like long straight black hair, and then he had like a very loose Fu Manchu. You know that like hanged yeah hung, a dangly one down yeah um, oh, the dangly one. So I won twelve hundred dollars on that crap stable, and I took a dollar chip home, and this is what started my chip collection on my fridge because I'm like, oh, I want a shitload of money. Like, let me just like keep a souvenir from it, and so now I keep a a dollar chip from every casino and put like glue a magnet on it. And now it's on my fridge. Yeah, I have, um, what do I have? I have like a handful of the ones that were just like left over. Lake of the torches. That's the name of the channel lakes casino. I was thinking. Of. Wow. Lake of the torches. Um, yeah, I have like, I think I have one from the Monte Carlo. I have one from like, um, Bellagio, one from MGM, like just random that were like left over. Mm-hmm. And I throw them in my golf bag now and they're uh, oh, ball yeah. markers. Very nice. If you ever don't I, need them anymore, I've, glue I've, a magnet. I've dished them out to a couple people. I think I'm down to just the Monte Carlo one in oh, my bag. you got to save those, man. Those are good because whoever you give them to, it's not going to mean anything to them. Nah. Whatever. Um, so speaking of chips... Um, I did not take a chip from Circus Circus because they had clowns on their chips, and I was like already miserable at them in general. <laughs> but like, I intentionally did not take a for making you sleep in the Motel yeah. Six in their parking lot. Um, Cav, I don't know if he talked about it on this hotel or on this. Um, oh, when we talked about Vegas, but, I think he did. Okay, because he. 
it was so bad Saturday night that our friends were leaving Sunday, but we were leaving like Monday or Tuesday. Um, he slept on the couch in their room because he didn't yeah, want to like, come back. Yeah, he's like, I can't back. go back to Circus yeah, Circus. He's like, I, he's like, I can't do it. I'm not coming back. And I was like, okay, that, I guess that's fine. Yeah. And that was it. Um, are we at like an hour? Yes. Feels like an hour. We'll go from the basement to the penthouse next episode. Okay. Okay. Fun. Preview. We have... The five legit five star hotel. I went to Vegas with Mikey Wes Craven and his buddy. That's a story. Wes Craven's buddy. Yes. Okay. Um, the O'Shea's trip. Well. Um, and then three bachelor parties, including myself, and a trip with Kristen, um, and then some stories involving Pete Cav, Detective Milos that I wasn't at, but like they're pretty fucking good. Lots of money being thrown around. Great. Uh join our OnlyFans by Oh, um speaking of shout out to uh Grandpa Pete. Today's his birthday. Oh yeah, and shout out to Gina, mother of three girls, whose birthday was April fifteenth, which I totally knew and didn't say. Hey, I know it's around your birthday, so happy belated or happy early birthday. Pete's birthday is also April seventeenth, so like, let's get that straight. Yeah. Not April eighteenth. Yes. Okay. Right, like said, it' gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn So get those stakes up higher There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there They're all living the devil may care And I'm just a devil with love to spare So Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day even if there were 40 more, I wouldn't sleep a minute away. Oh, the blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel. A fortune won and lost on every deal. All you need is strong heart and a nerve steel. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas with your neon flashing and your one-arm band is crashing. Almost holds down the drain. Fever, Las Vegas, turning day into nighttime, turning night into daytime. If you see it once, you'll never be the same again. I'm gonna keep on the run, I'm gonna have me some fun. It cost me my very last dime. If I wind up broke, well, I'll always remember that I had a swing in time. I'm gonna give it everything I've got Lady, look, please let the dice stay hot Let me shoot a seven with every shot Viva 